Today's topic is like a coin, one object with two sides. In this episode, one side of the coin is increasing the love, and the other side of the coin is increasing or becoming more aware of the feel. It's not only deepening our love, but becoming more aware of how and when we actually are aware of that feeling in our bodies. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage where you can feel the love, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. This episode is going to build your emotional intelligence. This is episode number 188, and today we're going to be talking about how to increase the love you feel toward your spouse. Mm-hmm. And last week, you know, we talked about the art and science of hugging, kind of got us a head start on this love feeling thing. Worth going back and checking out. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. And even if you're struggling with your marriage and you're wondering how to increase the love, we offer sound research-based advice. Most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of feeling more love. We're going to start with the feeling side. Okay. So this begins with learning to label love. Now, feeling emotions such as love happens in two steps, often subconscious. And, you know, I think some people who are quite adept with their emotions be sitting there thinking like, why do we need to talk about this? Like you're just making it nerdy. Is this, we all know how to do this. But, <laughs> but for guys like me, where like our feelings were like good and, you know, not good when we kind of started life mm-hmm. and we had to learn to develop that emotional intelligence, it's good to know like how you can actually break this down and, and kind of get some detail out of your body so you know what you're going through, right? Okay. Now, these two steps. First, experiencing the sensations and the bodily experiences. So don't forget that a feeling is called that. It's called a feeling because you feel it. Sometimes it's helpful to say it like this. Love is, we'll use love as an example. Love's an emotion. When you experience that emotion, you know you are experiencing it because you feel it in your body. Okay. Just like maybe more obvious one would be fear, right? You know you have fear because you can recognize that sensation somewhere in your body. You can identify where that's landing. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you know you're experiencing that emotion? Mm, it yeah, has to yeah. register in the body as a feeling. That's why it's called a feeling. Okay. That then that's your felt emotion. Okay. So the next thing to do is to interpret and label that bodily sensation as a specific emotion. So how do you know what that is? Like you got this thing somewhere in your body. How do you know what it's called? <laughs> right? Yeah. And usually you do that based on the context. That's one way. You know, I'm with I'm with Verlinda and you know. We're really enjoying what's happening, so this must be love okay. kind of thing, right? Or, uh, you know, something new is going on, this must be joy or delight. Or we just got informed that someone we love died, this must be sadness, this must be grief. Okay, right? yeah. So you do that based on the context, but you can also do it based on starting to build a history of when you've experienced that bodily sensation before as mm-hmm. well, right? 
So when I first meet with clients who are not very aware of their own emotions, and by the way, that, that, what I just said before I go into this, that's based on the assumption that everybody has emotions. People often say, I don't have emotions, but what's happening is your body is emoting, but you're not recognizing it because you haven't trained yourself to do this. Okay. So that's what we're helping you with here at the start. Okay. So when I first meet with clients who are not very aware of their own emotions, I often ask them, what are you feeling in your body? And they'll describe it very physically, tightness in my chest or tension in my neck, or I have a warm spot right here maybe pointing to one part of their chest. And then I'll ask, and when have you felt that in the past? And the Mm -hmm. gears will start to turn. And pretty soon we've started to catalog just from doing that, our feelings and becoming aware of them. Okay. Okay. It's really developing an awareness, right? Yeah. This happens for positive and negative emotions. So someone who starts to shake or experiences a rise in their heart rate when seeing a spider would interpret that as fear. Okay, yeah. Someone who feels happiness and a warm glow when in the presence of their spouse will experience this as love for her or for him, right? Okay. So in order to increase feelings of love for your spouse, you need to both experience the sensations and then label them as love for your spouse for this part of what we're talking about. So maybe they're feeling the love, but they just don't even know what it is. Yes. They haven't learned to recognize it. Okay. Yes. Which is important. Like if you think about the question, do I really love my spouse? Mm -hmm. And it may be that, yeah, because you're acting in all the ways that indicate that that is true, but you may wonder this and it might just be that it's a lack of awareness of your own emotions so that you can recognize when, okay, I'm feeling love for you right now. Right. Okay. Other side of the coin. No, no. I think this is still the, the same part. We want to talk about experiencing love too. So experiencing positive emotions in the company of your spouse, that will cause you to feel more in love with your spouse. And It can pretty much be any kind of positive experience, but specific examples from one of the research studies we looked at include shared leisure activities as one thing, sex Mm -hmm. as another. Might be why sex is more popular for men. New and exciting. Why? Because they actually feel the love. Oh, okay. Yeah. New and exciting experiences, romantic gestures, acts of kindness, having your emotional needs met. Will cause you to, if you're in the company of your spouse, when you do these things. Yes then that will cause you to feel more in love with them. Yeah. If I stop and you know, something's going on and I just connect with your emotional needs and speak to them, mm-hmm. it's likely to prompt a feeling of love towards me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now look at, think about a list like that. Those are all behaviors and it's good yeah. to ask ourselves, how many of those do I extend to my spouse as part of our regular interactions? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are positive experiences towards love. Now you can also have negative experiences or emotions that are related to love like feelings of jealousy okay. or rejection. I'm not saying that that's love, but you know, if you get rejected by somebody that doesn't matter to you, it doesn't feel the same as when you get rejected by someone that really, really matters to you, that you love. Right. right? Okay. Okay. Frustration is another big one. That Those can also be tied towards feelings of love for someone, right? And you know, I've said to uh, husbands in counseling sometimes, like, do you hear her getting louder? like this. So they're starting to get into their cycle a little bit. This is usually near the start of doing sessions. She's raising her voice because you really matter to her. And it's just helping the husband see that loudness from another angle, right? If she really didn't care about you, she would not even bother with the effort she's putting into this, but she's, she really wants to get through to you because you matter so deeply to her. Huh? So these other emotions just indicate that you care. That there's love. About your spouse, that there's love there, even though they're not feelings of love. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now, this is kind of recognizing these things, seeing where they're coming from, the behaviors, but there's also putting words to this, right? So if you're able to label love, to identify where you're experiencing it in your body, you're engaging in these actions that 
that incite or prompt love. The next important piece is to put words to this thing. So often we say, I love you, uh, yeah. reflexively or contextually rather than experientially. Meaning, oh my dear. Sorry. Meaning I say it just because you said it to me. You say, I love you, Caleb. I say, I love you too. Right, 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 okay? right. Okay. Or, or maybe one of us did something obvious to generate that kind of a response. Okay. Like brought you a cup of coffee. Oh, I love you. Right? Right. Yeah. And that's not wrong. But maybe the last example isn't so good. Like there are smaller things that prompt and I love you, right? Yeah. And it's not always actually a felt expression. Like it's still really good. I'm oh, I'm not, not saying, saying it because I'm feeling it right now. I'm just saying it because it's, yeah, it's, it's like automatic or something. It's a little positive response. Okay. But not because it's really coming out of a, a you know, acute feeling. awareness at that moment. Okay. And again, I'm not saying anybody's faking it here, but just notice how nuanced this can be, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I often, well, yeah. I shouldn't say often. I've heard quite a few women say, actually, like, I would love him to say, I love you first. Right. Rather than I love you too. Right. So why is he not doing that based on what we've done so far? Because he's not aware of the yes. feeling. Yes. Yeah. Huh. And that's not saying he doesn't love the his no. wife. Right. It's just, it could be a lack of self-awareness, right? It's a growth area for him. Huh. Okay. Okay. But we also want to learn to say it, and this is where we're going to push ourselves a little bit today, is to say it experientially, meaning that I'm saying this because I'm experiencing the sensation in my body. Right now. Yes. That's okay. a beautiful thing too. Mm-hmm. Saying mm-hmm. I love you in that context, that those are putting words to the felt experience of that moment. Okay. Now, being able to express that love is important in feeling it and you need to believe it to be true. And let's be real here, right? Labeling emotions properly can sometimes be hard, especially like for complex, even sometimes turbulent emotions like love. Love can be complicated, right? Men often struggle with this more than women. And I know it took me a long time to figure this out. But simply noticing when you feel positively about your spouse, you have that love feeling. Mm -hmm. And then verbally expressing that as love, saying, I love you can help you get better at recognizing the feeling and help you experience it more strongly because you're oh. connecting to it. You're becoming more aware of it. You're raising your 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 brain's connection to your body, basically, right? Yeah. This is the building of emotional awareness and intelligence. Huh, that's neat. Of course, this is really neat stuff, right? And what if what if you could have a discussion with your spouse where you really dive into how love was expressed in your family of origin because all of these things now factor into this, right? Mm-hmm. What about your own feelings about receiving love? So insecurities might get in the way of that. Self-esteem yeah. might get in the way of that. What about your attitudes and beliefs? That's that's tied to this too. Mm-hmm. And how you guys as a couple can take this whole I love you thing to the next level through a real felt experience, right? Hmm. And this we've wrapped this up into a discussion guide, these questions, which is something that we created just for this episode. You can get this by becoming a marriage a patron of the Marriage Podcast for smart people. Smart, loving people. So let's just take a short break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day to day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. 
Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about putting words to love so that our spouse knows what we are feeling. Now, this thing's complex, right? It's simple in a way, but it's complicated in another. Yeah, I just had a thought. Like, do you know what I like? Is sometimes you'll be like, I love you. And I I feel like saying like, why? Like, why did you say that right now? And I think that's what I'm looking for is like, what are you feeling right now? Or what prompted this feeling? Right, yeah. So sometimes, I don't know. It'd be nice to know, like when it's, <laughs> it only, should I be more assertive here? It's, that was only two episodes ago. So I think you should feel better than this for Linda. <laughs> I wasn't meaning for it to become personal, but like, yeah, okay. And, but then when you ask why, or when I ask why, sometimes you're like yeah. looking at me like I'm stupid. Like, do you really? really need an answer? Whereas I'm looking, I'm not looking for why do you love me? Like, I'm not looking for how wonderful I am, but I'm looking for what prompted that right now. Yeah, but sometimes I don't... So sometimes there is a prompting, which I, I should disclose or something, right? Definitely can yeah. do that. But other times too, it's just a recognition or an awareness. It just comes to the forefront of my experience at that moment. And okay, so like when you text happened. me sometime yeah, and say, I love you. Yeah. Like I'm dying inside. Like why? <laughs> what? Like, did he just have a conversation with somebody? Did he just think about something? Did he just, you know... Read a blog post about doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good question. How will you ever know? Because you're going to tell me. I need you to tell me why you love me. Oh, yes. Now we're getting assertive. Mm-hmm. I'll try to do better at that. All right. Okay. So some personal characteristics or traits can affect a person's ability to feel the love. Okay. I'm not talking about receiving this, about recognizing it in yourself still. Oh, right? okay. So okay. this is from a, a research study in 2013. One is self-perception. Not thinking of yourself as a romantic or loving person reduces your capacity to feel love, Hmm. not your ability to love. Okay. Let's be really clear here. It's the capacity to feel the love that's there. Okay. Like to recognize it in your body, like to feel. Okay. It happens both because you do less romantic things. Because you don't think you're romantic. And partly because your mind will feel love less strongly because you're not attuned to it. Okay. That to me kind of sounds like a limiting belief, right? If you want to, you know, think about if you want to retain that self-imposed constraint or if no, you want No, like throw it out the window. Well, that would be your style, but that might not be everybody else's for Linda. Oh, yeah. But I, you know, I think you should still consider my wife's suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, uh, like, the f- why would you want to constrain that though? Like, why not? Why would you just not want to feel it all? <laughs> Well, that's a good question. And that's one of the reasons why I love you so much is because you, you're you so passionate about things. Yeah. But not everybody's created that way. Right. Not, not that we'll tell you what, listeners, let, let's talk to the listeners here. If you can tell me why you would want to hold on to this constraint that you're not romantic or loving, like, please email me, like shed some light on this for me. And she will fix you. No, I didn't say that. This is for my own understanding. Well, I might try, but this is for my own understanding. Yes. Yeah. Good idea. Let's do that. Okay. We can learn stuff too. Okay. Second item, 
What was the first item again? Self-perception. You don't think of yourself as oh, a romantic Oh, yeah, yeah, person, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is entirely unacceptable. <laughs> no, it's just a, an area of growth. Yeah, Verlinda thinks you're all flawed. I didn't say that. Well, aren't you implying that? Like, this is where like a little bit of therapeutic tentativeness could be, uh, you know. Well, I was trying to do could, the curiosity could, could, could thing. Some <laughs> curiosity, <laughs> like, where is that self-perception? I'm going to drag it out there and no. throttle that thing to death. I was saying that yes. if you have this, let me know because I'm curious. <laughs> now you're just being defensive. <laughs> okay, let's just go on to number two. Okay, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Thinking that you're not lovable, this is more serious, right? Or not right. worthy okay. of love will reduce your willingness to feel love out of a fear of rejection. So if I kind of stretch too far, I'm putting myself in a risky spot now. Right. Because what if they reject me? Then that's going to feel yes. worse than... So uh, it dampens your ability to feel love because you're protecting your own sense of fragility. Like I'm fragile here. Right. Or risk. And then at that point, you're concentrating on those feelings of like protecting yourself and yes. safety yeah. rather than the... Yeah softer love yes emotions okay now if you have a safe spouse how could you you know think about making a little bit more room to feel love to take that risk and see what happens Hmm. or are you bringing devastation from another relationship maternal paternal neglect maybe even a a previous romantic relationship to this one and it's informing it in a way that's strong but not necessarily relevant anymore huh yeah yeah Okay, third possibility that may impact your ability to feel love. I'm sure there's more, but this is just the third one that we have here from the studies we looked at is what I just identified, I guess. And part of that is upbringing and past experiences, right? So being raised in a family where love was talked about a lot and seen as a good thing will make it easier for you to identify and experience love. Okay. Being raised in a family with an absence of love or having negative past experiences such as being betrayed by someone you loved will reduce your willingness mm. and maybe even capacity that you would allow yourself to feel love. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And this is where we need to have gentle conversations with each other as couples about this. And not just throw it out the window. Yes. And uh, increasing intimacy uh, also creates more passionate love. Now, this is an interesting one too. So just, I feel like whenever I say the I word, I have to say this is not about sex initially, okay? Intimacy? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So intimacy is the whole person thing. That's what I mean. Yes. So a couple of researchers in 1999, they found that feelings of passionate love are highest while intimacy is increasing. Okay. So when intimacy is stable, whether the intimacy is high or whether that intimacy is low, when it's stable, passionate love may be low. But while intimacy is increasing, passion becomes higher. Mm. So making a a real effort to increase intimacy will lead to higher feelings of love. So babe, we can sum up like our whole podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, you just need to increase intimacy. Yes. So you're probably wondering then, how do we increase intimacy? Well, the common methods for increasing intimacy from, uh, again, another study in 2005 are one, openness and disclosure. Mm -hmm. Two, sex. Please mm-hmm. do not just focus on that alone. Three, supportiveness. Four, togetherness. Thinking of yourselves as a we rather than an I. Okay. Right? Okay. And making choices for the benefit of both rather than one. Now, hmm. I want to unpack the first one, the disclosure one, the openness, because that's a super tool for increasing intimacy. Okay. There's this thing like individual and joint disclosure when it's shared. 
that increases love. Sharing your honest thoughts and emotions with your spouse increases intimacy. That increases uh-huh. feelings of love, especially if your spouse is good at responding to and affirming the emotions that you disclose. Here's an interesting piece of research too. Think about a double date or think about those times when you've talked about your relationship with another couple, like yeah. you guys and it's another couple. Yeah. Or us guys and another couple, whatever. So again, a group of researchers, 2014, they found that asking couples to discuss their relationship with another couple increased the feelings of love that the spouses felt for each other. So if you and I went on a double date yeah, and we talked about a relationship with another couple, yeah, we would feel more love for each other. You and I would. You and I would. Huh. Now, this effect also was mediated by how responsive the other couple is to your disclosure. Like they have to be uh, good okay. receptors and reflectors of this or, or whether it's like, huh. these people are weird. Like, yeah. you know, we just listen to their podcast. We don't really want to go on a double date with them. <laughs> <laughs> but having other couple friends who are good at listening to and supporting you guys can actually increase the love that you feel between yourselves as a married couple. That's cool. That's really neat. Hey, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Another thing you can do is you can spend time together to foster love. Spending time together increases intimacy and can increase feelings of love. This is true of shared leisure and having exciting new experiences together, but it's also true of sharing quiet company time, like just hanging out, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Simply being together, relaxing in each other's company is a great way to increase intimacy, leading to higher feelings of love. Probably why people have more sex on vacations. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. As well, simply making eye contact has been shown to increase feelings of passionate love. So study yeah, in 1989 that. found that spending two minutes looking into each other's eyes increased couples reported feelings of passionate love towards each other. But then again, like looking into someone's eyes like that, that's an act of intimacy in itself. Like that's really right. personal. Right. And finally, let's talk about feeling love and being loved. Group of researchers, 2005, they interviewed 81 people about what causes them to fall in love or to feel loved. And the most commonly reported cause of increases to your own feelings of love was receiving love and positive feelings from your spouse. Okay. So receiving love and positive feelings from your spouse. And that will increase your feeling of love. For them. When you receive it, you're going to feel it back to them. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Feel what you have for them. Yes. This is kind of hard to explain. But what is it? It's reciprocated. Yes, exactly. Which means that working on being a loving spouse will cause your spouse to love you more, which causes you to love them more. Which causes them to love you more. Yes. So you can influence your spouse's feelings of love just through your own initiative. Huh. Which I get so many people writing like with help to try to fix their marriage from one side. Well, this is something you can do from one side and see what happens. Yeah. You're going to have to probably be consistent with it and then, and, you know, maybe be prepared to, to invest more before you see return. If you're right. in a more distressed situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, give this one a shot. Yeah, that's neat. Okay. I'm pretty sure we've given folks some hope for their marriage today. Keep working mm-hmm. on feeling that love people. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And if you're going to email me, it's Verlinda at onlyyouforever.com. There you go. Because I really need help on that part. Apparently I really need help. <laughs> she needs a lot of help. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Jennifer who became a patron this week. And to all our patrons. Yes, for supporting us so faithfully. We do appreciate it. Next week, Caleb. Uh, We're talking about a much less happy topic. Oh. When your spouse is a chronic liar. Ooh. And, uh, And, you know, I just think back to when we lived in a different part of the world. I think we all 
probably knew someone like this in our lives anyways, even if it's not happening in our marriage. So I think it will still be uh, interesting if not as pleasant. Yeah, very true. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 188. Find out how you can help marriages, go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.